0: Welcome to The Study of God's Word, recorded live from Calvary Chapel in Aurora, Colorado. To learn more about the many resources available through Abounding Grace Media, visit us online at calvaryaurora.org or download our free app on all platforms. And now, let's open our Bibles and study God's Word. Amen. Amen. I would like you to turn in your Bibles to start with To John chapter 14. Now we're going to be looking at quite a number of scriptures. So if you have a pen or a pencil, do people use pencils these days? I'm not sure. Or or on your phone, or however you're going to do it, it, it'd be good to write down these scriptures. We're going to be putting them up on the screens here so you can follow along. But what I what's on my heart to share with you tonight is a reminder of the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. How he came to us initially and chased us down and brought us to that place of repentance and surrender to the Lord Jesus. And then when he came into us as we repented and asked Jesus to move into our heart, the Holy Spirit moved in also and things began to change from the inside out. That's what happens when a person surrenders their life to Christ. It's a work from the inside out. It's not so much from the outside in, it's inside out. God begins to change. And as you look at the fruit of the Spirit, and you read that list of those nine uh, words that are included there, the very last word is interesting. It says self-control. And that's different than willpower. Self-control is a fruit of the Holy Spirit And it helps you pull back supernaturally when everything in you wants to do something different. And we'll talk about that more. But the third way the Holy Spirit works with us is it's very clear in scripture. He comes upon us to empower us to serve him while we're waiting for him to catch us up to be with him. The Holy Spirit of God is the true essential worker, right? We're talking a lot about essential workers these days, but I want to tell you the Holy Spirit of God is the true essential worker. And you know what? Before we became believers, we had no idea who the Holy Spirit was. We watched Star Wars and thinks, you know, may the force be with you. But listen, it's, it's not the force. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the triune God. And every place in Scripture the Holy Spirit is referred to, there's a personal pronoun that's used for him. You don't give a personal pronoun to electricity, nor do you give it to light waves, because he's a person. And God wants to use you and me in these last days as we seek to be the church and he wants to open our hearts to be used afresh and to, and to try new things and to break out of the, of the status quo and to let, let him do whatever he wants to in our life and through our life. But it's going to take faith. It's going to take courage. And that faith and courage is not something we just muster up. It's something that comes from God himself. And so we read, as, as we read in uh, the uh, Give 10, John 14, 16 and 17, Jesus said this, And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, as he's talking to his disciples, for he dwells with you and will be in you, talking about a future work in their life. And so in this scripture, we find the first two workings of the Holy Spirit with a believer. As Jesus told his disciples, he dwells with you, but he's going to be in you. As a matter of fact, he says he's going to abide with you forever. You realize that's going to continue after you die. And you think, well, why do we need the Holy Spirit after we die? Well, I don't know. But he says, he may abide with you forever. The plan of God for your life goes into eternity, and he's not trying to figure it out right now. He already knows it. And then we see John the Baptist coming up with this remark in Mark chapter 1, verse 8, I indeed baptize you with water. But he, Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So where does that originate from? It originates from Jesus. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And then we see what Jesus said just before he ascended into heaven in Acts chapter 1, verses 4 and 5 and verse 8. He said, uh, well, it's recorded, and being assembled together with them, He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And then verse 8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So so there's this threefold working that the Holy Spirit does in the life of the believer, coming along with them to start with, to bring them to the place of salvation. And then upon repentance, the Holy Spirit coming into your life, and Jesus called it being born again. And we'll talk about that in more detail dwelling with us, and then the Spirit working to produce the fruit of the Spirit in our character. All of those nine words are character uh, traits and things that God wants to work on inside us as he conforms us from glory to glory. But then there's that work of the Holy Spirit coming upon us to anoint us to be used by him while we're being changed by him. And so we'll look at those three It's a part of being the church. Because I tell you what, uh, there was such a lack of hope and there's such confusion in the world and such fear and anxiety over what is going to take place. The security of our world is like a house of cards and all it takes is a big gust of wind to all of a sudden make it all collapse. But we as Christians have a hope that causes us to have joy in the midst of chaos. And I think of my brethren in Texas right now dealing with, you know, the power shut off and all. How's that going to happen? How am I going to charge my phone, you know? And it's like, wow, what's happened? Where's the perspective? How about, you know, just using the time right now and seeing what the Lord is going to do, seeing what doors he might open in the midst of the crisis. So let's start with a word of prayer. Sorry about the long introduction. And let's go into these three ways that the Holy Spirit works with us. And then at the end of the message, I want to give you an opportunity, not just those of you here, but those of you watching online or listening on Grace FM. I want to give you an opportunity to respond to the truths that we see in the scripture. Some of you watching, some of you here may not even have surrendered your life to Jesus yet. You're still in the consideration stage. And hopefully the Holy Spirit will bring you to that place tonight to surrender your life and let him show himself to you in a very real way. Or maybe you've been fighting with God because He hasn't given you the gifts of the Spirit you've been demanding. Well, it's time for you to surrender and stop bossing God around because He gives the gifts according to uh, how, how the Spirit wants to distribute it. And the important thing is just letting God do whatever He wants to do in your life. This is 2021. Let's hit the reset button and let's just let him do something surprising with us. All right? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this opportunity to dig into your word tonight. And may you prepare our hearts to hear your voice, to yield to you, to surrender to you. We thank you, Lord, you never give up. Thank you so much. Start with us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Each of us have our own special little journey that we have been on. It's amazing to sit and listen to how God chased you down, boxed you in, used life circumstances to break you down to reveal the emptiness that was going on in your life. That's all a part of his, his tender hand to woo you to himself. And the Holy Spirit was used to do that. These are like his fingerprints. I remember at age 18, moving into the band our uh, rock band, uh, moving into the house the rock band rented and um, We needed help with the rent. And so some friends of the keyboard player uh, moved in to help pay the rent and they had just become Christians. And so God placed these fanatics right in my face and I couldn't get rid of them. I couldn't get away from them. I mean, even in the morning you wake up and they're downstairs making pancakes and they're flipping the pancakes, catching it with the pan and going, thank you, Jesus. You know, (laughs) I'm thinking... Where am I? What is this? But I watched them every day and every night, and they were either crazy or it was real, and and I couldn't get out of it. I mean, it, I, that's where I that's where I lived, and it was God's way of chasing me down. It's 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 part of my girlfriend and I, you know, at the time, it's part of that testimony of how God chased us down, the Holy Spirit working with us, bringing us to the place. Man, I was doing stupid things. Maybe you were too at that time before you knew the Lord. I mean, you know, the occult, going on an apple diet and drinking a half a cup of olive oil afterward to cleanse my spiritual centers. You know what else got cleansed with that kind of diet? How the Lord reasons with us. Listen to Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. God was reasoning with you by the Holy Spirit, bringing you to that place of surrender. Jesus said in John 6, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. And I will raise him up at the last day. Do you know that God actually wanted you? He chased you down because he wanted you. When maybe your parents didn't want you. Maybe your spouse doesn't want you. Maybe your kids want nothing to do with you. God wants you. That's why he sent his son. He chased you down when you were running after all kinds of other things, trying to fill your life with some kind of purpose and meaning. But he loved you. He actually loved you. He cared about you. But he had to do it his way. So those of you that are listening online, whether it's on the radio or watching online, it's no coincidence that I happen to be here tonight and you happen to be watching online and all the stuff that's going on in your life right now, you feel like you've been abandoned by the Lord. You have not been abandoned, but he's in the midst of this situation to to soften your heart to yield to him. You demand answers, but the first answer is surrender to him. It's relationship before rescue, like we talked about earlier. And at the end of the message tonight, those of you that haven't received Christ as your Savior, I want to lead you in a prayer, whether you're at home or listening on the radio or in here tonight. And you can open your heart and receive Jesus tonight. Mark it down, February 17th, 2021. A new beginning for you. And we'll get to that at the end. Let's take a look at the second way the Holy Spirit works with us as a believer. When we surrender our life to Him, the Holy Spirit comes into our life, indwells us. The Holy Spirit of God indwells us just as real as when God breathed into Adam the breath of life, and Adam became a living soul. Adam couldn't create life in himself. He was a piece of dirt. And God took that dirt and he molded it into into Adam, and he breathed into him the breath of life, and Adam became a living soul. It's interesting that Jesus breathed upon the disciples the night after his resurrection, and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. John 20, 21 and 22 says this, And Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them. He had never done that before. He breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Because the very word spirit in the Greek is pneuma, for wind or breath. New life, new creation begins right at that very moment. In John 14, 23, Jesus answered and said to him, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him. Yeah, but my home's a mess. You don't understand my life. It's worthless. I'm a piece of garbage. I'm a throwaway. That's not how God sees you. Plus, He loves his fixer uppers. (laughs) And so, you may be throwaway rubbish, but I just want to say you're the best kind because you're going to show the glory of God as people say, What on earth happened to you? I remember going to our 50-year class reunion. You know, Jeannie and I graduated from the same high school the same year. And, uh, you know, it was a little tricky. But um, people hadn't seen me since, you know, the graduation day, and I wasn't a Christian at that time. I was playing in the rock band, and, and they're saying, man, Clay Camp's a preacher. I can't believe it. And, and then it came time to Um, you know, a lot of classmates had died over the 50 years. And so one of the leaders came up to me and said, um, now, I don't want you to preach, but could you just give a word of silence for everybody that has died? And everything in me wanted to just say, yeah, sure. And just like use it. And then, but the Lord just, you know, pulled back the reins, Clay Camp, and just, you know, take it step by step. We got a chance to minister to quite a few during that night. When you become a believer, things start changing on the inside. A lot of times it's slower than you want. And you want to ask God to get rid of this thing in your life, and instead he chooses this thing. Maybe you're one that had just a filthy language, filthy mouth, F-bombs all over the place. And when you accepted the Lord, it's like, boom, the language cleared up. But you're still struggling with smoking, even to this day. Other people, smoking dropped off right away. And it's like, praise God, look what's going to happen. And then, you know, you're at work and and you still, you know, when you slam your hand in the door, all of a sudden, all that old language comes out again and you're fighting with it. Well, the Lord takes you step by step. His grace carries you while he's working on you. I've been a Christian 52 years now and he's still working on me. It's not that I swear. It's not that I smoke, you know, nothing like that. But there's still a lot of things like lust of the flesh lust of the eye pride of life the world the flesh and the devil trying to stir things up and rob me of my of my confidence and my joy god never gives up he pursues romans 8 8 through 9 says this so then we are not in the flesh oh those who are in the flesh cannot please god but you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. This is why just doing Christian religion is not enough. Because the Bible tells us there has to be an indwelling of the Holy Spirit that takes place Upon repentance from your sin and faith toward God and belief on the Lord Jesus. It's an amazing thing. Think about it. The world can't have this. When we respond to the gospel, the Holy Spirit comes into our life to abide with this forever. And there's a new work, a new conception, as it were. You're called a new creation old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Yeah, but I still remember the stuff. Okay, fine. Your mind is that kind of a, a mechanism, that kind of an organ. But how does God see you? He doesn't see you through your thoughts. He sees you through the truth. And that's so important because Sometimes because we have a bad thought or because we've had difficulty in life and we haven't responded to it well, we just think, maybe it didn't take, I threw the spaghetti against the wall and it didn't stick. You know, I, it, well, I, We accepted the Lord like 14 times in the first month because we weren't because things weren't happening in our life. And so maybe I said it wrong. Maybe, maybe something's wrong. Let, let's switch the words around. Let's try it again. And we're looking for a like a defibrillator charge, spiritually. Now, some of you may have had that when you accepted Christ. It was like, wow, 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 wow. <laughs> you know, yeah, you know the, the stars came out. But others of you had no emotion at all. And you're thinking... Well, how come they got that and I didn't? Well, listen to me. What matters is what happens long term. Is your heart changing? Is there a hunger for the word of God that's stirring in you and you can't get enough? Is there a desire just to please God? I want to live my life to please God. I'm, I'm tired of pleasing people. I know that that was what was happening with my wife and I. The fruit of the Spirit. Look at this scripture again. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. You realize love is an emotion. It's agape love, but it touches us emotionally. Joy, the first expression of love, that's an emotion. So it's not like we're zombies, whether we're emotionless. It's life, but it's pure life. Peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Those are character traits. The indwelling Holy Spirit wants to change us in our character. He does the changing. But then we look at the third way the Holy Spirit works with us, coming upon us to express our salvation with His power, His boldness, His dynamic John the Baptist and Jesus were clear that the Holy Spirit would come upon the believer. That's what Jesus stated there in Acts chapter 1. And as you continue reading through the book of Acts, you find out that baptism with the Holy Spirit was, uh, uh, was recorded there in Acts chapter 2. And then all the other times where you see the Holy Spirit coming upon them to uh, maybe a special word or a particular miracle that was done or, um, or something like that. It was said, then, then they filled with the Holy Spirit five different times through the book of Acts. You see that phrase, then they filled with the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're talking about with the third work of the Holy Spirit when he comes upon us to carry out a specific work. The baptism with the Holy Spirit is when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. We can't work it up. It's not enough just to be an air sucker where you go, okay, come on, God. You know, like you're trying to blow them up like a balloon. Listen, it's from on high. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. The Holy Spirit. Is full of power. The Holy Spirit rose Christ from the dead. You know how much power that is? I mean, that's amazing. And He lives in us and He he comes upon us for service. There are two separate instances from the book of Acts where we read how the baptism with the Holy Spirit occurred after the person believed on the Lord Jesus. The first occurrence is there in Acts chapter 8 with the Samaritan believers. And the second occurrence is there in Acts chapter 19 in the city of of Ephesus. But we also know that the baptism with the Holy Spirit can occur at the same time as a person surrenders their life to Christ. And we see that in Acts chapter 10 when the Holy Spirit came upon the Roman centurion Cornelius. And so you can't be dogmatic on how things are going to take place. No hands were laid upon Cornelius, by the way. God did it uh, sovereignly. But other times we see hands laid upon the individual that the Holy Spirit might come upon them for the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we think that The baptism with the Holy Spirit has to occur in a church service or in an afterglow time. And that's when all the gifts of the Holy Spirit can be expressed. But I think, looking back over my 52 years of being a believer, I think we're missing the point. Why do you want to be baptized with the Holy Spirit? People have different reasons Oh, I want to be used to do miracles. Man, what would it be like if I had the gift of healing? I can just go through into hospitals and go into the beds and go, get up, you know, and they're all healed. And you know, wouldn't that be tremendous? Okay, I suppose. But where's your heart going to be in the process? Maybe, the, maybe God knows you clear enough to know that you just take off with, on a whole ego trip, develop a whole ministry. And all of a sudden, you're just in the flesh. God chooses what he wants to do, when he wants to do it, how he wants to do it. And for us to experience the dynamic of what that looks like, it's like every day you go, Lord, you just fill me and you do whatever you want to do. But help me be sensitive to the divine appointment that I'm running into. And I want to give you a suggestion how to start. It starts at home. It starts with your family. It starts with the people that you interact with every day. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, for instance, if um, your spouse comes back from the store and is shaken up by almost getting hit by a red light runner, and they're pretty shaken up. Stop and take the time to lay hands on them, praying for the Spirit of God to settle them and thank the Lord for protection and safety. Maybe a scripture um, comes to mind that's apropos to their need. Speak that out in confidence and assurance. It's so often that the Holy Spirit just wants to use us to comfort and encourage others. I think the home environment is where it should start. When your child gets sick, the very first thing to do is stop and pray with them. Put your hands upon them, pray over them, ask God in his mercy if he would grant the gift of healing to them. Because that's part of discipleship with your children. Or if they come home and they've had a big fight and they've lost their best friend, sit them down and say, okay, let's pray together first. Let's settle you down. Let's pray together and let's see how God wants us to use this. I mean, with raising three boys, um, we had dozens of time every week where we had to do this. And And then as they grow up and they get older, the amazing thing is you start seeing them do that with their friends when there's a crisis that occurs in their little friend circle, which is kind of cool. Jesus said in Luke chapter 10, verse 20, Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Relationship with God is what God desires with us. And as He wants to use us, being used isn't the final goal. Relationship with Him is the final goal. And sometimes we get so focused on how God, how is God going to use me? How is He going to use me? That we forget that. Being used by him is a simple revelation of himself to us as well as to others. If he happens to use you and as you're speaking with someone, all of a sudden you get a real clear picture of what has happened to them earlier in their life that brought them to this point. It's so clear in your mind. The Holy Spirit brings it to you. And so then you go with it. Why did he show you that? To reveal his power and his love for that person and to show you just how much he cares about you as well. He knows everything about you. And he still loves you. I mean, my spouse, Jeannie, knows everything about me. And she loves me. But there are those times... But she continues to love. I continue to love her after 51 years of marriage. Acts chapter 2, verses 17 to 18. Peter quoted this in the book of Acts. He says, And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out of my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men, men servants and on my maid servants I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. What's so amazing about this scripture from Joel, the book of Joel? In the Old Testament times, certain particular men and women were chosen by God to either speak prophetically or to do miracles, or to lead in a unique, special way. But it was few and far between. But now under the new covenant, God wants every one of his sons and daughters, no matter what their position in life, to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to be used by him to affect this world we live in. And that that means you and me right now in the 21st century, in days like we're living in. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, we read, Do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation or riotous uh, living that causes everything to fragment and fall apart. But be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. As you read this scripture, you get this picture of joy and freedom and grace, not harshness and cruelness and legalistic view, but a fresh freedom Being filled with the Spirit is put up against being drunk with wine. It has to do with being saturated. God just taking you and changing you, pouring His Spirit out upon you. And the term in the Greek, be filled with the Spirit, is a present continuous tense, and it means be being filled. So every morning, ask the Lord, saying, Lord, today, for this day, fill me with the Holy Spirit and equip me to be sensitive and see the world as you see it. It doesn't mean you turn into some prophet. It just means that, Lord, I want to be sensitive to how you're working. I want to sense those divine appointments that you may set up. When you're at the market and the checker is just having a bad day and you can sense it, And then ask God to give you, how can I make a bridge here? How can I share your love and your peace with this person? Or maybe you're supposed to pay for the few groceries of the person behind you. Because God is stirring your heart to do that. I mean, you know, be creative. Let, Let the Lord do different things. It's called pay it forward, but it's led by the Holy Spirit. It's important to follow in obedience to the exhortation to let the Holy Spirit of God fill us to overflowing. John chapter 7, verses 37 and 38. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified." I want all that God has for me. But I have to confess to you, looking back over the years, I know there were times that I was just too lazy To have him work more than I wanted. It's called complacency. Oh, I'm tired today. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be involved with that. It's complacency and it blocks the Lord really wanting to do more with us. Complacency. And then there's pride. I want God to use me and I I want him to use me like this. And God. This is a good deal. And we want to counsel the Lord. This makes sense, God. Come on, let's, you know, come through here. I fasted all day. You come through. What are you saying? Do you realize what you're saying? Pride blocks are being used more by the Lord. So instead, you start off the day and you say, Lord, I give you an open page. Write on me whatever you want to do in me and through me today. Because today is the only day that matters. It doesn't mean you have to look for like amazing things like, oh man, I made my car fly today. You know? No, it's not that at all. It's just like, okay, God, you and me today, let's live life Let's love people, and let's see what happens. Even in your workplace. And stop praying that God would remove your supervisor. Because that supervisor is there as God's sandpaper on your life. Just saying. Or maybe you are the supervisor, (laughs) and you've been praying for that employee to get out of here. So this evening, I'd like us all to think about taking a fresh step forward in our relationship with the Lord. So let's stand right now. And first of all, those of you who have not yet surrendered your life to the Lord Jesus and you're sensing it's time to take that step right now, right here, I invite you to pray along with me And make these phrases your phrases. Mean it in your heart. I don't know what's going on in your life, but God has brought you here for such a time as this. And those of you that are watching online and listening on the radio for such a time as this. And God is listening for your heart right now. And we're just going to stop as a congregation for a moment. We're going to pray for you to have courage and faith to take that step. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we believe you're right here and you've set up this divine appointment. And we're asking in the name of Jesus that you would grant faith that these that are listening and have sensed that it's time to just give it up to you. Lord, that they would follow through And make that commitment. If this is you tonight, whether you're watching online, listening on Grace FM, or here in the sanctuary, here is the prayer. Make it yours. And just say to him, God, I give up. I want to surrender my life to you. I want to stop the war. I repent of my sins and I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I believe that Jesus died on the cross bearing my sins so I could be forgiven. Move into my life, Lord Jesus. May the Holy Spirit make his home in my life. Give me new birth on the inside. I want to be born again. Change me from the inside out, please, God. I know with that kind of prayer, as you've meant it in your heart, God has heard you and has started that work right now. And he will help you day by day. There are others of you tonight that really need a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. And some of you don't even know if you've even been baptized with the Holy Spirit yet. Well, let's tonight take care of that. You can come up here. There'll be pastors up here. You can have them lay hands on you and they will pray with you to receive the Holy Spirit, to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Or maybe you just need a fresh Filling of the Holy Spirit and and you want to say, God, I've been approaching this whole thing wrong. I want to start just with you. I just want you. And I want you to use me while I'm still here on earth. But I need your power. And those of you online, you can do the very same thing. I encourage you just to stand up from the couch or chair that you're sitting on. And you lift up your hands to receive a gift. And by lifting up your hands, it's an, it's an act of faith, as it were, saying, God, please give me all that you have for me and do it your way. So tonight, those of you that want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, I just encourage you as I lead in prayer to lift your hands up to the Lord and say, I need your gift in my life and you do it however you want to. It's not about whether you speak in tongues or not. It's not about this, it's not about that. It's about whatever God wants to do, to be the church. And for those of you at home, I know nobody can lay hands on you, but I'm gonna put my hands out and you receive it as hands laid upon you. And let's just pray together. I'd like to have the pastors come forward and just set themselves up here to receive you. If you want to have that physical touch of a pastor laying his hands on you, just come up forward here and they'll pray with you. Be bold enough, just come out from where the row is and uh, come on up and, and let the Lord do what he's going to do. In the meantime, those of you that are standing still out there and those of you online, just uh, if you want the baptism with the Holy Spirit or be filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit, lift up your hand and let's pray together. Father God, we want all that you have for us. And we want to let go of how you do things, when you do things, where you do things, and we just want to enjoy you in the whole process. God, do a work with this church and with the believers that are listening now, that if it were told us, we wouldn't believe it. So whatever you want to do, Lord God, fill us afresh, restore unto us the joy of our salvation, Restore our soul. Touch and heal, Lord. Unlock the doors that have been locked for years and bring healing about emotionally. Thank you for renewal. Fill now with the Holy Spirit we are praying. We don't have to beg you. We just have to invite you. It's your will. And we give this to you. Those of you that want hands laid upon you literally, then come on up and and stand in line and wait for the pastors to pray with you. And the rest of us, let's just sing these choruses together and thank the Lord for his goodness.